That's sweet, man. I'm so glad you're here. Cheers. Salud. Thanks for coming over, being a part of the podcast. Giannis Gadelis, all the way from Corfu. <laughs> I, uh, I've been looking forward to this conversation uh, for a minute. And um, I love making music with you. I love uh, your energy. You always just have this great spirit and energy behind it. And it really comes through your music uh even you know just playing my stuff or whatever uh and your own stuff and and your work with various bands in town so i'm just i'm a big fan of you and 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 your incredible uh musicianship um so i'm glad you're here uh sharing my kitchen table <laughs> oh man thank you so much brian and much love and respect for you as an artist and human my friend Thanks, and man. always pleasure to spend time with you and your music Thanks, which I love too. So thank you, and I'm honored to be here. Yeah, man. Um, so I wanted to talk to you about what it was like to grow up on the island. You know, what was the music that you were hearing, um, you know, in your home, uh, on the island? The You know, what? how did you get inspired uh, through music? Yeah, I was actually, I was born in Athens, Greece, in Piraeus, by the port of Athens. And then I, we moved to the island when I was probably eight or nine years old. Mm -hmm. So in town, Corfu town. But um, my grandparents and big part of the family uh, used to live, and they still do, uh, north on the island by the coast. So I would go there. I spent a lot of time there. And uh, I remember as a kid, there was a band, a local band playing. And I loved uh, just to, you know, how they would carry their instruments, all these fun you know I just it attracted me somehow you yeah. know so somehow I ended up I see your beautiful guitar there I, but I ended up getting some guitar I don't even know if he had like all the strings or something like I didn't know what I was doing or anything but I was pretending so I remember now I have a picture in my mind being summer outside the house there with the guitar and strumming whatever pretending I'm playing uh, you know and because I would go or I was so young, but uh, either my mom or some, you know, relative would take me down to the beach and I would see that band playing with some of the, the bass player and singer of the band. She's a beautiful friend of mine and she's from Germany. When I go back home now, we do gigs together. No kidding. Yeah, she's wow. a wonderful yeah, vocalist too. And so, yeah. And what was the other instrumentation of that band? Uh, they had, well, the buzuki, which is like mm -hmm. the traditional instrument. Uh, bass, uh, guitar, drums, and uh, I think so. That was it. And violin sometimes because uh -huh. we have a heavy tradition violin there. Yeah, and yeah. And was it was it kind of traditional Greek music? Was it contemporary stuff? Was it jazz? Like what what was the style? Yes, uh, great question. No, it was uh, traditional mostly and pop uh, Greek music. Mm -hmm. I don't remember them playing any. I mean, I'm sure they could or they. Maybe they did, but uh, what I remember was a uh, Greek uh, pop, uh, you know, Greek music. Yeah, yeah. Or tourist, how we say, you know, tourist music. Right, right. But Greek music, yes. And and Corfu is, you know, is, is, is tourism a big industry? It's the biggest. Really? Yeah. So the so island... So like resorts and that sort of thing? Or? The resorts, a lot of um, uh, like a little bed and breakfast places, mm. you know, and apartments and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, the heart of the income is the tourism, which starts, uh, you know, in May till end of September every year. It's a big, obviously a big beach community, beach yeah, resort. It's a beautiful, beautiful island. Mm -hmm. Yeah, green everywhere. Yeah. And the sea, you know, you can see like, you know, 30, 40 feet down. Wow. You know, it's very clear and beautiful. It's it's really, it's a, it's a paradise there, man. Yeah. Yeah. So you get inspired, you see this guitar, you, how did you transition from that to piano? So Yeah. So I think so. Yeah. I got the, as we say, you know, the virus, yeah. <laughs> the, you know, yeah. the good music virus. Right. Uh, back then so I always had it and uh, music would attract me and then when I was in high school I I wanted to go I don't remember exactly how I got into the keyboard I think so first accordion 
there was a some lady that, that in Corfu town that she would teach and piano not like keyboards and accordion mm. so I don't know if some other colleague of mine was going there and I saw it and went checked it out somehow anyway long story short I ended up going take lessons from that lady there she was my first teacher probably I was 13 or something like that and I took a few lessons on the accordion and then I I got on the keyboard mm-hmm. And then from then I found another teacher like he was a great uh, keyboard player he used to play in Athens uh, he was one of the cats in yeah, Athens playing yeah. with all the famous singers so he came kind of like to retire in Corfu and I I got to take lessons from him so that was great and wow. he really got me into the you know try to transcribe stuff and show me different things and then not long after that maybe I was 14 and a half I got like my first paid gig No kidding. Yeah, it yeah. was, you know, a little tourist Greek uh, kind of gig, whatever. Sure, yeah. But for me, it was a big, big thing. You know, it was fun. and Those first gigs. I mean, I yeah. remember my first gigs. It, 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 it's like you've made it, you know. Right, right. We made it. Yeah, we got this bar gig. <laughs> We're getting $50 each or whatever, yeah. you know. That's a huge thing to go from being such a fan of music and being just inspired by the look of it. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. as you were saying, you're just like something about those people is attractive to me. I want to be that, you know, yes. to take that to I'm getting paid to do this now. I know. right? That's crazy. Yeah. And all the stories that come with it. You know, I remember the first gigs. I was so excited and uh, we would hang out after, you know, with girls, of course, and uh, friends and on the beach playing music till the morning and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. And I was only 15. I mean, it was amazing, you know. <laughs> Not to melt you like bottles of vodka and stuff like that. <laughs> it helps, man. It helps, you know. That's awesome. So this is, all right, so you're a teenager. You're starting to gig. Did you, did you attend university? No. No university. Uh, school, just a high school. And uh, then what happened there? Yeah, when I was 18... In Greece, you have to go to the army. Mm-hmm. So it's like a mandatory. Like one year, two years? For me, back then, now I think so it's only six months. Uh-huh. But uh, when I, I was, uh, I did it for 18 months. Uh-huh. So, which ended up being a good experience. Uh, tough at times, but also it was good. You, you know, like in a way, it makes you kind of, you know, more secure about yourself in, you know, things like that. But uh, also a waste of time to right. it away. <laughs> I don't know. But Did you play music while you were in? Yes, yeah. I ended up playing music. And then I was dancing also, oh, part cool. of the dancing team. Yeah. And then because I was tall, I was a tall kid, I, was, uh, I got uh, selected to go to the National Guard, as we call it there, which like in our parliament in Athens. You do like they do in, uh, in Red Square in, yes. uh, in, okay. in Moscow. Like the like changing that. of the guard exactly. sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. so mm-hmm. I did that. I did uh, many hours there, like close to 500 hours Wow. on that. And then, that was my first time that I visited America through that because I was a dancer there. And we came here to the Greek diaspora, they call it, like the Greek Americans. Uh-huh. So the big organization here called AHEPA. So they invited us, over 30 of us, to go to New York and do a parade for the Greek Independence Day in March. And then we went to Florida. How I, cool. Yeah, for a month. So that was, I was only 19 years old. I wow. was in America, you know, and it was incredible. Wow. A beautiful, beautiful experience. That's awesome. Yeah. So you, you wrap up, you wrap up working in the military or, you know, you're, 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 um, actually in Greece, so, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. yeah no. Greek service, we don't get paid. Ah. So nothing, you just make $5 a month. Wow. So it's kind of like a service you have to do for the country. It's not for money. And I know from living in Germany a number of years, you had an option. You had you could do military or what was called like civilian uh, service, which was like working in an old folks home or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, working in the parks, keeping the parks maintained. Did you have that or was it just everyone had to do the military? Uh, I think so. Everyone had to do the military. Yeah. <clears throat> And they still do. Like uh, to the point when I was, ba- I'm not sure about now because it's been many years, but when I was there, you had to, otherwise they wouldn't give you a driver's license. Interesting. So it was things like that, yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, you walked in and there are thousands of people, 
from different parts of life and whatever. So you could meet anyone there, yeah. you know. So it was interesting. Yeah. It was interesting. I've seen I saw a lot there. So that's why oh, that was part of the growing up process. Mm -hmm. Seeing all these different people yeah. under the same building, you know. Right. It was interesting. Yeah. yeah. And so you get out of that and go right to music full time or was it a slow process or uh, I tried to get other gigs my parents I remember they wanted to get me into some more stable work sure like right. you know other fire like a, or the coast guard or something like that I tried some of that I sucked, I sucked. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I just loved music so much, man. I yeah. couldn't even from back then. I did it because I, I experienced the beauty and the fun of it, and I, I couldn't see myself doing anything else. Yeah. You know, I wasn't thinking about really making money or anything. I was just wanted to have fun. Yeah. It's just so yeah. fucking fun. Indeed. I, I, the same thing. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. So I was keep on doing that and try to you know get better at it. I would practice. And then uh, I ended up getting some gigs after. And I started uh, touring uh, Europe a little bit, in Italy sometimes. And then I would get those other gigs uh, with a folklore group. And we would go down to Dubai and United Arab Emirates, in Africa, Cameroon. And then I ended up getting some other gig in Cyprus. So I, I toured like around quite a bit. So, and then, you know, some things in life, as we say, you know, like money comes to you and stuff. For me, traveling came to me like that. Oh. I, I traveled so much and I barely paid for anything. Right. So any of that. And uh, I got to travel a lot. Yeah. So I have the same, I have the same travel bug, you know? Yeah. And it started at, at an early age, I would say. Yeah. Um, and ever since it's been such a big part of my life. It's another yeah. passion, you know? Yeah. 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 Yeah, so you're all right. So let's say you're early twenties now. You've done some. You're in, you're doing some touring. Yeah. At what point? Are I mean, have you been listening to jazz at this point? At what point does that kind of come in and start to affect what you're doing? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, jazz very late for you know for a musician. I got exposed to jazz through a friend of mine, a beautiful guitarist that he's in Corfu now still, and uh, he was going to Athens to learn jazz. In some, uh, I think so was the only institute in jazz in Athens, in whole Greece, really. So in the summer, we got a gig in a hotel, and I was playing there, and uh, he came and enjoyed. So he starts introducing me to some of the um, jazz standard songs, like mm -hmm. Blue Bossa and Autumn Leaves and things like that. I said, man, that sounds pretty cool, you know? So he showed me a little bit, but then he said, you have to come to Athens to you know check it out, and I'll introduce you to some people, which I did in the winter. I went and I met um, one of the greatest Greek pianists. Uh, he's still, you know, a brother friend of mine. That's awesome. And teacher and stuff. So I met him and I used to go. I, I didn't move to Athens. And uh, I used to visit uh, like once a month, taking lessons and all that stuff. And this is how it started. Wow. But I was 24, 25 mm. years, so kind mm. of later. Mm. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I loved it so much. And then he got me some other gigs. There, my teacher, Pandelis, his name. And then, yeah, by, and then I did that till 29. And then I said, man, I have to go to America. I said, really to go. I have to go check out the real thing there, you know, the yeah. music scene and everything. Yeah. So I was trying to get a gig here, which I did. <laughs> <laughs> I, again, you know, like the traveling, it, right. the, it, back, you know, it comes to you. When it comes to you, it just comes to you. Yeah. I found a gig out of all places in Scottsdale, Arizona from, no. Corfu, from Corfu. No way. And they paid my tickets to come here and everything. So this is how I ended up here, 2001. Okay. Yeah, 2001. But it was, a, it was a strange and sad beginning because 10 days after I was here, the Pirate State Building, oh, uh, yeah. we got that hit. Yeah. So it was World a, Trade Center. Well, sorry, Empire Center. Sorry, yeah. What am I saying? Yeah, World Trade Center. Yeah. yeah, World Trade Center. So that was a horrific and wow. know, big tragedy. And all of a sudden, I'm here in this, you know, new beginning like that, man. I said, wow. So it was heavy beginning. Yeah. And uh, but anyways, I worked my way through. And what was the gig? What was the, the gig? Was in Scottsdale. It was uh, kind of like a Mediterranean uh, place. Like a restaurant? Or? It was a restaurant, uh -huh. but it, like, it had the, like a three different restaurants within the one restaurant. Okay. Yeah, we had Is like... Is it still here? No, no. It, it didn't last long at all. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> one of those. Yeah. It was... Uh, I, I won't say many details, but I'll say it just for the love of it. 
it, it starts like the jokes, like it was a Jew, a Greek, and an Italian. <laughs> <laughs> they opened up a restaurant. <laughs> and I let it up there. <laughs> and how did you even get in contact with these people? Through a friend of mine in Greece that he knew someone here, like a friend of a brother of a friend, whatever. Yeah. So this is uh, how, uh, how it happened. And they said, man, I'm going to give you some number. You call there and I think so they're interested in they're looking for a keyboardist for that kind of like a Mediterranean place. Maybe, you know, you can work it out. So out of the blue, I called them and they got back at me and they said, yeah, man, you know, we're interested in this and that. I mean, there are more details on it, which, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. but uh, big, yeah, long story short, that's it. I, I came here without knowing, I was kind of, I'm kind of like a tough dude in a way you know i just showed up here without knowing anyone yeah. i didn't really know the language almost at all very little and uh, you know they uh, they would recognize me of me like carrying a keyboard on the airport like coming out of the, of uh -huh. the gate yeah, yeah that's yeah. how i came here oh my god i didn't know i only had like 250 dollars in my pocket wow it was totally like you know jumping off the <laughs> yeah i mean just like that's the, how I, the logistics uh, you know, landing, like, where am I staying? How do I get around? Yeah. Like, yeah. and how, like, was it, you were, you were working there, like, just the weekends or, like, five nights a week or? Yeah, it's supposed to be five nights, which we started five nights. Mm -hmm. And then I moved in with one of the musicians. Uh, God bless him, he helped me out at the beginning. But there were no, it was not contract. It was kind of one of those, you know. Yeah. Just but see what happens. Yeah, see help, what happens. Help for know? the best. Yeah, and I really, I came here to check it out, and I said, you know, I might stay like for four or five months, whatever, you know, spend the spend year, the winter, or winter, yeah. and go back, you know, by spring in Corfu, catch up the season again. You know, that was my mm -hmm. initial thought. But on the way here, I'm on the, not on the way. While I got here, when I got here, I started going out. I remember in Tempe, and checking out, you know, the university there and the music. So there I got to meet, one night I go and uh, down at Billos, that place. Yep. So it was Raul Yanez playing yeah. with Mario Mendeville yeah. and Tatsuba. <laughs> and I said, man, these guys are burning right now. They sound pretty good. So yeah. I was totally, you know, like impressed and I loved what they were doing. Back in a day when we were friends I haven't seen him for a year or so I have to just tell you that yeah. Shay Marshall yeah. had the exact same story. There you go, man. So he, he, he lands in lands in town, checks the paper to see who's playing where. There's a jam yeah. at Belos, yeah, and that's who was playing. That, <laughs> that's great. I mean, that I mean yeah. that's a scene, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. and what a great introduction to the great players in town. Very much so, and great humans too. I mean, yeah. all all the packets, incredible. Yeah. So there you go. You see how you know the one influence each other, and so yeah. it's a beautiful thing. I didn't realize that 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 that's and and you know still to this day you're playing with these guys, which right? would say which I love to and respect very much, of course. And uh, we were together at the university after. I ended up uh, getting a, a full scholarship at ASU for perf music performance, and Shay was there too. So yeah. I got to spend time with him. Yeah. Wow. What was Shay like as a college Ge student? Genius. <laughs> yeah. He still oh, yeah. is, man. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It was, but for me, even back then, it was like, wow, man. I couldn't believe it. He was so young. He yeah. was, I don't know, 17 or something yeah. like that. And he grabbed that sax and made it sound amazing. Yeah. He already played like great, man. And you're late 20s at this point? Oh, yeah. I was like almost 30 years old. I was 29. Uh, yeah, 30 almost. So, and you got this full ride to, to ASU? For, yeah, full scholarship there the, to ASU, which I had to go before at the community college to collect some credits in order to get accepted at ASU. Yeah. So, and get, get all the TOEFL tests and all the mm -hmm. English language and stuff. So, it was like a, yeah, it was a, it was a lot of work for me after yeah. even I got the scholarship, which was crazy, but I'm very thankful, very thankful that I got it. And I ended up doing the whole uh, school. I ended up finishing with the uh, honors and stuff like that. Yeah. Because I had to because... Um, in order to stay, I'm assuming. In order to stay in the country, that's the first part, in order to to maintain the scholarship. If my oh. grades were go below, like, let's say, I don't know, 3.0, right. I, I would lose the scholarship. Wow. So it was kind of stressful to keep up the... 
Yeah. You know, but and, it was, yeah. And and so you, you were able to focus on piano at ASU in, I mean, I don't think that they, did they even have a jazz program? They did, yes. They did? Yeah, yeah. they did. And it was great. I mean, for me, it was, it was more terrific because I got to study with many different uh, players while I was there and uh, musician Chuck Maronic was the head of the department at the moment yeah. so he was incredible and great and all that I learned a lot from him and of course Don Moyo the drummer sure. still is there and uh, Dwight Killian on the bass a great they had a great program, had a program. Great, great program Mike Roddy I mean incredible all of them Sam Pilafian great great on the classical department very strong mm. And uh, then uh, Russell Smith, another great pianist, he came for one year. I got to study with him as well. And then Mike Cocker, which is still now the head of the jazz department, jazz studies, I studied with him for a few years. So I'm I'm blessed, you know, yeah. that I got to to absorb as much as I could, you know, from all these people. Plus all the musicians, there are Shay, sure, you know, sure. and many many other great musicians there. Yeah. So it was great, but I had to do the academic stuff. Oh, really? In yeah. addition to yeah. Yeah, the music and that That kicked my butt. Yeah. You know, but I had to take, you know, science and everything. And, you know, but uh, it was good. It was all, you know, all good experience. A little stressful, but the music was fun. The first three years, I was doing only music courses. So I was like on Dean's list every semester and stuff like that. But then when uh, I got into the academics, it was like a hard sweat. But I made it through. I made it through. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm still, uh, if I may say that, you know, <laughs> impressed with myself in a way for that. Mm -hmm. I mean, for being able to graduate from a foreign language university, I'm very proud of myself. If I'm yeah. some proud of myself, I'm from for that one. Because, you know, and also, the, I want to say something very important for me. It was one of my dreams of my life to study music in an American university. I had it kind of a dream that, it will never come true because I was from a little Mediterranean island, still am, you know. But uh, it was like, you know, how am I? I didn't have the money to pay for all this because I would have to pay like, you know, $100,000 to do that program here. Right. Anyways, thankfully, I didn't have to pay that money. So I'm very blessed and very thankful for, you know, yeah. for the school, for America, for everyone, you know. <laughs> really, man, it's great. That's it's awesome. incredible. You know? yeah. So I'm, I'm proud of that part of myself, you know. Yeah. And that I fulfilled that dream. Yeah. So it's beautiful. And it was music, which I love. And, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So That's it's, like the American dream, right? I mean. For me, it was. Yeah. For me, that was my dream. And uh, I was like, you know, I was like, this is next to impossible, really. But. You did it. After meeting Raul, which I didn't mention earlier, that I took lessons from him, Raul, he introduced me to the school. Uh, That's how it worked. You yeah. Know? So it's incredible how you meet like a certain people in your life. And uh, that little, you know, thing right. in the story, it can direct yeah. you to a whole new avenue, you know, or right. avenues or lifetime. Wow. So it's, That's awesome, man. Yeah. What a cool story. I didn't realize that. I'd love to get Raul on this uh, yeah, podcast. I've yeah. never met him. You know? Oh, wow. But yeah. like everybody talks about yeah. his influence, especially yeah. at that particular time, like the early 2000s, you know. Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, yeah. yeah, he sounds like an awesome guy. So. Awesome guy indeed, yeah. Great musician and guy. And yeah, he great teacher too, you know. And he still teaches at ASU now. Yeah. And uh, in private and stuff. Yeah, and he helped a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. So... After ASU, how long do you stick around before you head to LA? Uh, I got done in 2007. And 2009, summer, boom. Yeah. And you were you wanted to like relocate or did you want to just see what was up or like what was what was the reason for the move? Yeah, the the drive force was uh, film music. Mm. So I wanted to see and learn, of course, and everything about the uh, film music. And mm -hmm. so I got into it, some film scoring, doing some uh, short films here. And I loved it so much. I love like composing for picture and everything. So you can come with uh, all these new ideas um, 
that you never come on your own if you didn't have the film. So the film, like a visual, yeah, visual, yeah, and a story, right, right. So yeah, I, I just loved it, and I still do, and I think so. I love it for the rest of my life. Yeah. And I said, all right, let's go. You know. Yeah. I said I came all the way from Corfu to Phoenix. I said, you know, it's only five it's hours. Only, <laughs> it's only you know, three hundred miles away. I said, right. well, you might as well try it. Of course, we landed there in the middle of the recession. Yeah. Or beginning hit hard, whatever. So that was very hard. Like other people, they used to be, you know, fruitful composers all these years and making a living or for commercials or whatever. Uh, they were losing their work. So it was hard. It was hard uh, yeah. getting there. So, But still, I was, you know, hard believer, you know, do the best you can, you know, as much as you can. And the and, idea was to move to L.A. or was it just to go and, and try to get into that and come back or... I didn't thought that far. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I said uh, we're gonna move there, and we moved there. Yeah. So I got a place there, close to Santa Monica, and uh, then I wanted to go study at UCLA for the film scoring. So I said, you know, I, I need to get some information and knowledge about it. So and meet people also. I said the best way to go through school. So I tried, and uh, they had a program there, at the UCLA, and I did that. I did. I never finished it. Because uh, after a while it was expensive and I didn't see it worth it. It was like um, a lot of money for me. <clears throat> I didn't want to go into debt. So what happened, and I saw it was very tough to break into the film scoring thing. And uh, thankfully I was able to perform and gig and stuff. So I was able to make a living. Mm. Barely, but I was doing it. Yeah, where, where, where were you playing? Uh, I was playing a lot of, I got uh, connected with the Greek community there. Mm -hmm. So we were doing a lot of uh, Greek weddings at the beginning. And uh, I would travel different states in San Francisco quite a bit. Utah, I remember. And then Panama, Hawaii, different states and stuff, playing music with the Greek community. So that was good. And then I used to play a little jazz trio over in uh, Tarzana there. Um, it was a good... Brazilian steak uh, house part there. I remember, yeah, anyways, like Bobby Brown used to show up there and, uh, <laughs> you know, people like that was kind of like a VIP spot. Mm -hmm. Anyways, I was playing there with a couple of friends and uh, one of the friends moved to Nashville and uh, they, with some other girls from there, they formed, they had like a country band so they needed a pianist, last minute thing. So he called me on a Saturday if I could go to Nashville to go on a tour and go on a tour and uh, start doing like a, opening up for Dirk Spendley, the country artist. Yeah. I said, sure. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So it was Saturday. I remember he called me. I said, man, you know, uh, where, when can you be here? Can you be here on Monday? I said, sure, I'll be there on Monday. So I moved to Nashville. Uh, no, I, I didn't move. I just, you know, flew to, uh, they flew me to Nashville. We rehearsed for a week, and we hit the road wow. for almost two years. Wow! Yeah, at the beginning, the the the, the big big show was uh, we did the two thousand uh, yeah twenty eleven. What was the Jägermeister rock country rock tour or something like that? <laughs> so a lot of Jägermeister. <laughs> But it was fun, man. We went like 45 states. Wow. Yeah. The what a great way to see the country. I loved it. <laughs> it was like being in a documentary for right, me. Right, right. I loved every moment of it. Yeah. It was beautiful. What do you think of Nashville? I loved Nashville. I was considering moving there. Yeah. Yeah. It's so unique. I thought so, you know, and um, lots of music and different kinds of music. I mean, I know it's heavy on the country, which I loved actually, by the way, the country, old country music. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful. But uh, lots of talent. I mean, incredible musicianship. Yeah. It was a great education for me. Yeah. Yeah. And so two years on the road, still basically based in L.A. Right. And and that you were you stayed with that band for, for the two years or did you move to other bands or? Uh, I moved to other bands too. Also with a because what happened there is, you know, one of those stories. But it's, it's all good. You know, and we ended up at the Jimmy Kimmel show doing um, some songs, but the, those girls that were writing their own original music, Miss Willie Brown were the name, by the way, and they were doing their own uh, material, And but the label that they were signed at, they wanted them to do their producer's uh, material on Jimmy Kimmel's show. Mm -hmm. So they weren't allowed to do their original music, mm -hmm. only the producers. Mm -hmm. So if something picks up, 
you know. Mm-hmm. So, and they went against that. Hmm. And then the, they were dropped, like, from the label, like, you know. Hmm. And uh, that was the end of the story there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, before that happened, it was fun, because I, you know, I, I went, we were, like, 45 states everywhere, yeah. big venues, yeah. and it was amazing, like, at the Nokia Theater in LA, and we, wow. it was fun, everywhere, everywhere, it was fun. Yeah. Big, 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 at the Fillmore in... San Francisco? Uh, in San Francisco, we did the Great American Theater, which was fun. Fillmore in the, what's... Uh, New York? Was no, no, no. In New York, we did the Joe's Pub. Oh, I love Joe's Pub. Yeah, that was fun place. Yeah, that's yeah. a cool spot. Yeah, have you performed there? Yeah, a bunch of times. That's awesome. Man. Yeah, yeah, that's a cool spot. Yeah, because sometimes what we would do, we would get out off the road with Dirks, because our show was only half an hour before the big show, right? Uh-huh. But uh, when they didn't have a, when we didn't have a big show with the Dirks, we, they would book um, little other dates, club yeah. dates. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. that was Josh Pub one yeah. of the times. I, yeah. I loved every moment of it. It was beautiful. Yeah, and I got to meet all these people, see America. Yeah, it was just lovely experience. I'll never forget. Yeah, yeah. I mean, lots of stories and fun and everything, and you know, tour bus and all that stuff. Okay, fun. I'm here to tell you about Santan Brewery and Distillery Tours. Did you know that you could go tour this amazing facility where they not only brew their beer, but they distill their spirits? I've been on this tour. In fact, I was there today, and I highly recommend it. All you have to do, you get all the information at Santan Tours. You go on this really cool uh, tour of this incredible facility. And then there's a tasting room at the end where they offer stuff that you can't find anywhere else. It's a treat. Go to SantanTours.com. Book a tour. Gain some knowledge about Santan. Come on. Then from there, from then I met some other friend, uh, another beautiful violinist friend from uh, Ireland, and he was performing with a, um, a beautiful singer-songwriter uh, from uh, UK called World Party, Carl Warrenser is his name. He was uh, he hit pretty big back in the nineties in Europe and here apparently, kind of like Beatles almost uh, that kind of vibe, but beautiful, true, honest. And a wonderful person, too. And it was just original kind of singer songwritery stuff? Correct. Yeah. And so that was after the, after the kind of country tours, you did this, and then, so that wraps and you go back to L.A.? That's, that's correct, yeah. I went back to L.A. Then, the, yeah, it was tough in L.A., making a living. So we were there already five years with my wife. Mm. So we wanted to have a little bambino. And we didn't know really if we we're gonna be able to afford being there and all that stuff. It was it was really difficult. So we said, all right, maybe we give it a shot going back to Phoenix. If it works out, good. Otherwise, you know, we consider different ways and stuff. But thankfully, Phoenix once again yeah. <laughs> welcomed, you know, yeah. me and my wife back and stuff. So it worked out perfectly. And See, what year was that? That was 2014. We came back or 15, yeah, 14. Okay. So, yeah, we lasted like five years in Los Angeles. It was a beautiful experience, although, you know, and uh, I met a lot of great people and I toured a lot and everything. So it was really a wonderful experience. Mm-hmm. Were yeah. you happy to be back in Phoenix or was it kind of like I did? I wasn't able to make L.A. work? Like, was there any like? Uh, yeah, uh, I, no, I wasn't really bitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not like in my skin to be bitter much, you know, although, you know, I'll get down at times and stuff like that, normal as an artist and everything, but uh, I wasn't really looking in that way that it didn't really work out for me. I mean, I tried, and then it came to a point that I was like, all right, you know, this doesn't work, maybe, you know, do something else now. Mm-hmm. And I'm very happy I did, actually. So it, it didn't really, I wasn't down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when things start happening here, I was very, very happy to be back. Mm-hmm. And, and I was back uh, with all the experience, though. It was different mm-hmm. this time. So it all worked out good. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy to be here yeah. with you talking, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
all roads lead to this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and did you, were you able to kind of pick up where you left off when you got back? Uh, yes, yes. And I, I the had, gigs came in and, and reconnected with everybody. Absolutely. And, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. It was, it was wonderful, really. And even better. Yeah. Yeah. In a way. So it was, uh, yeah. Um, I'm curious. We were talking a little bit about this uh, during the break, but I'm curious how um, the pandemic affected, you know, your creativity. Um, you know, some folks I talked to really enjoyed the break. You know, they were re- they were ready f- to yeah. not work so much. You know, and focus yeah. on other things, whether it's you know raising their kids or pursuing another passion. Like they weren't affected by. Uh, their inability to perform and i'm just curious how it affected how it affected you kind of creatively uh, uh, creatively but also just like uh emotionally if um if you enjoyed the the change of pace or yeah what how did you overcome yeah this is a great question and again and uh, all as artists we've been and we're going through you know with pandemic or not pandemic, because uh, our life is up and down. Like many, many times people ask me, you know, how are you doing? I said, you know, which side you want me to represent right now? You know, the dark or the, the bright. Right, right. <laughs> it's always there, both of them, you right, know. Right. Um, but for the pandemic at the beginning, I felt um, I wasn't happy that it happened, of course, but I was kind of happy to lay you know lay back a little bit and do some things well like, you have a new son right yes, so yes. i'm sure that was nice to be able to really focus on the home life for a minute absolutely yeah. that yeah. one yeah. yeah and uh, also i wanted to do a little uh, home uh, recording uh, session record which i did because i'm i was and i'm i am into synthesizers and like uh, i built on live and all that kind of thing lately and i'm exploring uh, different electronic music so I wanted to make a little um, r- record like that. So that's what I did at the beginning. So the first two, three months, I was very spending quite a bit of time on it. And then I did the record, I released it like in June. But then after that, I started going down, down the hill. <laughs> <laughs> Before you describe that, um, what is the name of the album? And can, is it up on Spotify? It's on Spotify, yeah. Under my name, Ioannis Gudelis, uh, Home. I call cool. it home, and it's all done uh, uh, kind of a live recordings, uh, live recordings, not with the audience, just on my you know little gear there that I have. So every track it was like recorded and and no not edited really, nothing, mm-hmm. just uh, yeah, just cool. recorded, yeah, nice, and just uh, make, came up with a little 10, 11 tracks or something like that. Awesome, yeah. So it's part of the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah. That's what I did. After that, yeah, I started getting into some kind of a downhill spiral, which uh, wasn't wasn't fun. It was uh, tricky to try to, you know, find a a good place there and stay, you know, aware and not happy, but just stay, you know, stay calm and not go to downhill because I started questioning myself, you know. What am I doing here? Why, you know, this is happening? Maybe I should have chosen a different path. So I got to question myself, all these questions. Always the answer would be, you know, things that could get get better. And uh, that's why you're here. Just, you know, being what you, who you are and do your thing. And that's it. And which is true. But uh, I found myself questioning, you know, and getting dark. And uh, then... Yeah, almost like I would, as I mentioned earlier, I would walk outside my studio and I wouldn't even touch the keyboard or anything for like a week, you know. And I was like, oh man, what's happening to me? Never happened that to me again before. Right. So it was interesting, interesting to see. But I'm happy to say now that, uh, you know, I'm bouncing back and I hope all of us slowly, you know, as we see, you know, we're going over the... Yeah. Getting back into it a little bit, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I I had a I had a pretty similar experience, and in fact, I also started to record and and thought, you know, well, at least I can be creative here at the at the crib, and 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 that was great. But again, I felt disconnected in this weird way. I mean, I was collaborating with great musicians and really proud of the outcome of it. But I wanted to go into the studio with them. You know, like it's all about for me. 
uh, the collaboration, you know, the, the conversation that we get to have uh, when performing. And when that's gone, it's just like this weird black and white version of a color painting, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I did a bunch of live streams, uh, which was just odd because I'm singing into a cell phone and I'm monitoring comments on a laptop. It's like, this isn't it either, you mm -hmm. know? Uh, it was like, you know, it's still performing, quote unquote, and I at least it, it got me playing the guitar every day, yeah. and I was learning stuff, but it was just this like alternate universe of what I knew and loved and how I defined myself, yeah. you know? Um, and having hard questions about, um, you know, as you say, like my value um, to society is performing really you know and so if that's not there well how do i value myself you know yeah. um and yeah and and really trying to w work on um redefining myself without that if if i don't have playing music performing collaborating with other musicians then i still got to be cool with who i am right and um i definitely have a new found appreciation for it you know so maybe there's a silver lining uh to last year's break um, is that when we do get a chance to get together, we really, I really want to make the most of it. I want to make the yeah. best music possible. And I want to have the longest hang after the gig as possible. You know, I want to see everybody and, and rap. And, and I think that maybe another silver lining yeah. is that, that I had this idea to take time to sit down with people again, you know, yeah. because we just did, we missed a year of that, you know? Yeah. So anyway, and it's a, sorry to interrupt you, but that's a great thing. Yeah, I told you before, and I'll say it again that congratulate you for what you do. Thanks, man. And it's a wonderful thing that you're documenting uh, all these beautiful people here in, in the scene in this time. Yeah. you know, in eternity, man. It's a wonderful thing what you do. Thanks. Man. Yeah, and and it's it's like what an interesting moment in time for a lot of artists right now. You yeah. know, and so you know, as you say, to document it. Um, such a weird year <laughs> weird year indeed for everyone i mean and you know and of course you know we always have to remember that many people lost their lives too mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so you know right. it's yeah it's it's dark also it's very dark mm -hmm. and uh, besides the economic hardship also there is you know loss of you know humans and stuff mm -hmm. like that so it's 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 dark from every angle really yeah yeah but uh, yeah to bring it back um into a little lighter mode. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers to that. I would say that, you know, we start seeing some kind of a light out of it. And uh, the best thing we can do is really, as we are talking in the break, you know, taking care of ourselves. You know, lately I've been into a, that kind of a health uh, Man, I freak. See, <laughs> I see some of your posts. You're like, ran six miles or biked 25 miles and i'm like eating a bag of chips you know? <laughs> uh, it's, all of, it's all good it's all good you know certain times uh, in life and stuff you know we yeah. figure out stuff but for me right now that works well so that's great i'm happy i'm doing it yeah, yeah. well it's it definitely it's it's inspiring to see you out there working your ass off you know man and and um you know, you said that, that gigs are kind of coming back to a normal, relatively normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Normal schedule, and 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 uh, that's exciting. It's you know? very exciting, man. I hope you know they stay that way for all of us, and we keep on moving. You know, I hear cross uh, my fingers and our fingers that you know by the end of the year, next year is gonna be very strong years for yeah. you know for all of us. So. Yeah. I'm just gonna, you know, put the good vibes out for the I universe and everyone. We need it, man. Yeah. We need we need your good vibes, man. Good vibes. That's a, that's very important, you know. Yeah. It's, it's very important to think that because many times we are, you know, get like a self-centered and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And it's easy to do that because you know when you're driving, for instance, your car, and you see all these people, you know, they cut you off and everything. It's easy to, you know. Yeah go on the dark mode and everything right. but, and the question humanity you know right but yeah no just we should let it breathe and see raise our heads up to the sky man yeah. and just go for the ride you know I love it yeah I love it
So let's talk about chilling. Chilling, yeah. That was uh, the beginning of the pandemic. Was that the first song that you wrote uh, for that project? Uh, one of the first songs. Mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly if it was the first song, but I was into kind of a, exploring some lo-fi music. Some great artists out of California that I was checking, J3PO and Kiefer, uh, which I, st- I admire and a great young young artists and pianists. So it came that kind of like I was influenced by that, you know, kind yeah. of to explore with all my little uh, gear there. Yeah, describe your, if you would, describe your home studio. Like what, what kind of gear are you working with? It changes. Uh, like right now is different from what, although, you know, I have all the gear, it is not always, you know, up and running at any given time. But uh, then, about a year, a year and a half from now, uh, yeah, from today, uh, it was like at the beginning of the pandemic, it was, uh, I had a looper, I was exploring with a looper, which is a great looper actually, um, uh, also MIDI capable and stuff, so I would hook up into it in my drama scene. I have a Roland TRADS, which is a great drama scene. And then several synths I have, and uh, like the Moogs. Anyways, I don't want to go too, too detail about it, but I would hook up like three, four synths all together and MIDI sync everything. So I, could, I was able to execute tracks all sync together. So I would come up with those different harmonic loops and grooves and stuff and uh, try to make it interesting, you know, jam on it for five, six minutes to see what can I come up with. And this is how the home album came. Mm-hmm. And it was good because I was learning the gear and uh, I came up with a little album out of it. Uh, the thing is that if you don't keep on working on the gear, I forget. So if you ask me to do the same thing now, it will take me you know, a long time. <laughs> To put it back together, maybe not that long as I did initially, but it was beautiful, uh, you know, and I was all excited to get it working and stuff like that. But then after, yeah, I did uh, quite a few tracks, so I had to select which ones I want to keep for the album, and I came up with, I don't remember now how many I have on the album, maybe 11 or something. Yeah, and came that album, I named it Home. And it's all kind of like a, a recording on camera too, so it's like all live recordings. Super cool. Yeah, I didn't have much time. Oh, not much. I had time, but I didn't have much, uh, you know, power to edit afterwards because mm. it was all recorded uh, out of, uh, you know, two XLRs uh, into the. So you couldn't audio. get in and like no. edit or it was even all, fuck with frequencies. I mean, overall you could. Overall, but you yeah. couldn't like say the drums need this. And no. The, yeah. It kind of just was what it was. Yeah, it was kind of mixed, pre-mixed as I was moving along, you know. So it was, you know. It's not perfect in any sense, but uh, whatever, it is what it is. And it captured the moment, and I'm happy with it. Yeah. Well, we just listened at the break. It sounded great, man. You're very kind, my friend. It sounded really cool. I mean, I just, I'm so impressed by the different gears that you have, you know? Like, you could go destroy uh, jazz. You, you know, you recently did a Chick Corea tribute with uh, John Lewis and Mario and Michael Zuna at the Nash. Correct. And then you go and you can crush country music and then you go do this like down tempo. You you can do kind of traditional Greek stuff. I mean, you have many different gears, you yeah. know, which is awesome. I, I feel like I have one gear and it's park. No. <laughs> no. But you know what I'm saying? Like I have one thing, you know. Well, you have more than one, but uh, I know what you mean, and thank you. And uh, it's uh, it's a blessing and a curse at the same time. Is it? Is it? Um, it depends how you look at it. Yeah. It's always like, as I said earlier, you know, the people ask me, how are you doing? I said, you want to hear the dark side or the bright side? <laughs> same with that. Uh, with, you know, I mean, if you know you have like different gears, let's say, to maintain all that, it can be a lot of work and frustration. Yeah. And everything, but also the same way, it's good to be because it makes you more open-minded. Yeah, and uh, approaching things differently. Sure. You know? So it's a it's a good thing. I was I was gonna, yeah, I can take it as a good thing. Yeah, and let's end it there for now. I have a hard time thinking that you have a dark side, though. I know it's hard to believe, right? <laughs> 
I mean, honestly, as I said in in the beginning, you're one of the the, the brightest, most positive, good vibed human that I know. I mean, everyone has. It's the whole, you know, like you say, the 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 light and the dark side to them. Uh, but every interaction that I've had with you, or ninety nine point nine percent of the interactions, you're just in this great headspace, you know. Yeah. So, anyway, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you do. You you can go dark, and I'm sure you do, just like everybody on the yeah. planet does. But um, it's just hard to believe sometimes. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you no, know? for the most part, I'm positive person, you yeah. know, and I like to be optimistic and everything, but. Um, Dark also, you know, it's like what defines dark. So we can go, right. you know, it depends. Right. Like my dark, it might be not as dark as you think. Right. Or it might be worse, you know. So right. we can go that. That's but, a good point. Yeah, but um, I never really went dark, dark on the super dark uh, mm-hmm. side of things. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. I'm, I've been blessed, I would say, that way. I have hardships and, you know, and dark moments in my life for sure. But uh, overall, I feel blessed, you know. Yeah. I mean, we are here talking, yeah. and it's beautiful. So I'm, I'm very thankful and gratitude, and, you know. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, over, no, no. Overall, overall, I'm happy. I think so what comes out, and some humor and stuff I like, you know. It's a playfulness. And stuff. I like all that stuff. Yeah. I, so I like the bright side. But talking about, like, the chilling and the album and composing as yourself, also composer, and we were talking earlier, uh, to compose something, uh, I mean, you can compose and be happy or be dark. I think so, though, um, it comes easier when we feel kind of a pain. Out of pain, uh, we have better approach to composing things. I think so, you know. Yeah, I wonder why that is because, you know, happiness is certainly as strong an emotion as sadness. But why is it that? that we tend or I tend to compose in kind of in adversity in, in emotional turmoil. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think you said it earlier, um, um, because we need the catharsis, we need to process that emotion. Whereas happiness is happiness and we, we hold onto it as long as we can. But sadness is something that we want out of our system, right? So, synthesize that into a song that can be released into the world right yeah. in, in a way you, you you release that sadness yeah whereas happiness you know i, I agree I, I i tend to write in moments of uh maybe not even emotional turmoil but just uh when you start to question things or when when relationships uh, start to break or whatever when you're missing something yes right right Right. Yeah. Like if I take like my albums, I have like four albums out, uh, all original music, uh, except the uh, home, which is kind of like chill at home kind of vibe thing. Um, although some of the songs they are more emotional than others, but the other three albums that I have, I'm sure if I go through all the titles, title by title, pretty much every single title of it, I can tell you a story about each one of the songs that is gonna come from kind of a not necessarily dark could be melancholy could be mm-hmm. you know some you know missing something or yes. so it has that kind of instead of being super happy or anything right sometimes uh, it could be like a like i remember of some kind or maybe it's a utopia thing that i have in my head that never existed that i wanted to exist and i miss that thing uh-huh. so it's you know right. can go that way too right so, i You're, mean many ways <laughs> yeah missing something beautiful or missing something yeah. you know yeah but yeah melancholy certainly is a, is an emotion that that i like to tap into um yeah again not not necessarily like dark but yeah you know that thing that longing and, i don't know it's, it's just easier to for me to articulate that in a melody or even in, in, in a lyric you know, whereas happiness, mm-hmm. you just like everything's cool. I'm happy. <laughs> you know, yeah, I don't know. I not didn't... yeah, not necessarily. You don't feel like uh, you know expressing that happiness. You're fine with it, right? So you're right. it's done deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah, it's so true. And you, I find it interesting or challenging. I would imagine to convey emotion without a lyric, right? That's to me, um, the lyric is such a driving force in 
uh, in explaining an emotion, and yeah. it's another like paint, uh, another color that you can use to um, display an emotion. So I would imagine, and, and or maybe that's not true for you, but um, uh, you're able to express emotions just using music, which I think is incredible to be able to do that. Do you actively think, I mean, you must think about music then. Um, obviously, there's like a, let's say, a happy melody that you can play or a, or a more melancholy thing. Do you actively think of those kind of emotions as you're doing it? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Is no, it part of the process for you? Great question, yeah. Uh, I think so over the years, I came um, to know like to see those colors mostly. So I know like certain combinations of melodies, they work with certain harmony hmm. and they give, they convey that kind of, a, you know, they, they hit you deep. So I know if I hit that note there with this chord and followed by this chord and previous chord like that, wow. so it's it just going to hit you like home right there, you know. So I, I think so, and many times, and this is like a color. So when I compose and I express myself through the melody, again, the melody is like my lyric. So even mm -hmm, though right. it doesn't have words, that's the, the strongest. So I always respect the melody and I go with the melody. And then harmon harmonically, I just add it to add, uh, you know, even more, like bring it out even more. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's how I think about it when I compose stuff. But over the years of my experience, I think so, yeah, it's uh, certain colors. I have like certain colors that I know they work if mm -hmm. I want to go there. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm, you know, expressing it correctly. No, but, yeah. I, I know exactly <laughs> what you're saying that, you know, yeah, you've, you've figured out your palette, right? Yeah, and you know from experience, if I mix this and this, I'm gonna get this emotion, right? Yeah. Or touch on that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That's it. And then you know, you're always learning and opening to new things. Like I would, I would listen to classical music, and you know, Prokofiev, for instance, or you know, anyone, and you you hear that certain spot on the certain song, sorry. Mm -hmm that uh, it just touches your heart, you know, mm -hmm. and you connect with it. So you want to see what is there, how he's doing that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you're doing it over and over, you you, you just you start uh, to see... You're attracted to certain yeah. things, and then you start figuring figuring it out, mm -hmm. how it works, and you make it kind of yours in a way, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know, uh, I know you have some exciting uh, summer plans. Yes. Heading back to Greece for a little bit. Yes, just indeed. reconnect. Absolutely, I need. I need it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and just what? Sit on the beach, play some gigs, see some family. Yeah, and just relax. Just relax and see some good friends and family, as you said. Yeah, it's uh, my Greece. For me, you know, I grew up there, and it's and I have such good friends there and everything. And uh, I'm very blessed to have that place in my life that I can go back and you know chill as you said and uh, yeah. reconnect and you know absorb all the nature and everything i mean it's just incredible place so oh, i'm man. very very happy and very fortunate to have that yeah yeah um do you know what the rest of your year looks like uh, i mean going to greece and then coming back and uh, making through the summer here right. as much as we can yeah. the best we can right. i would say yeah and then hopefully getting back to work, lots of work, you know. I'm expecting that every one of us, we're going to start getting lots of work coming up the end of the year, you know, yeah. fall forward and and, into and, the new year. And you have you have a number of dates on the schedule already and it's going to carry you, get get you through? Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Cr fingers crossed. Right, right, right. <laughs> but yes, that's uh, that's the goal, yeah. Yeah. And in the back, as I know, we mentioned earlier about maybe upcoming albums and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm flirting with an idea to do an album down the road because I like always, you know, because recently I've been doing more of, uh, you know, like weddings and things like that, which is great with great people, great bands and stuff like that. But I always like to keep the creative side alive. Yeah. So, and it's been challenging because I have my son, as I say, which I love him and stuff, but uh, it takes a lot of my time to be a father, Yeah. which I, it's one of the most beautiful things and I will never, you know, trade it with anything. But um, that being said, I don't have much time or the time I did have to put into music. So it's important, though, to keep it, uh, you know, uh, alive. And yeah, it's a muscle, I feel like, yeah. you know, and if you yeah. don't exercise that creative muscle, it kind of goes away. Yes. You know, and then it's really hard to get it back. 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, anytime you need a singer to do anything... I, you know how to get you know how to get a hold of me. I'll Man. come over to the crib, do some singing. I'd I'd love to be a part of whatever you're doing. So if, you ever, if you ever need me, it will happen. It will happen. And as I mentioned, even the new album, maybe we'll do you know a yeah. song or two together. That would be that would be amazing. I'd be honored. I'd be yeah. honored. I love making music with you. Same here, brother. You're such a bright uh, light. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time. Thank you. Thank uh, to you. come over to the kitchen here and and uh, chat about chat about stuff. And uh, thank you, Brian. Much love, man, and respect in what you do. And thanks, always, man. I have you very high. Ah, thanks, man. Likewise. And I love I love your voice, your music, and everything. And it comes from the heart always. So it's much respect and love. Cheers, man. Yeah, cheers. Thank you, Giannis. Great to see you, brother. Thank you. We'll wrap again soon. Salute.